thank God for our pastors this morning. Amen. I know they're having a great time in Florida, especially Pastor Bill. He loves Florida. <laughs> and uh, hey, uh, Kelly had an awesome word on Wednesday. If you missed it, uh, you'll want to make sure you try to listen to that online. But uh, it was an awesome word, really blessed me. And uh, she'll be sharing again this Wednesday. So uh, make sure you're back here Wednesday night if you're able. And I know it'll be a great time. And uh, we honor and appreciate our pastors this morning. Thank God for all that they've done for us. Amen. It's no accident that the anointing of God is here every time we get together, that, there's a, that this is a special place. Amen. That we uh, were able to experience God's presence, experience his love. And uh, there's freedom in this place. And it's because our pastors have laid down their lives and literally poured their hearts uh, and their entire lives into this place. Amen. Into loving God and loving people. And that's why... This place is such a special place, and uh, thank God for them this morning. Amen? Amen. You know, with, uh, with twin sons, it's a, it's a rare occasion that, that their dad gets to spend any time alone with one of them. Because usually, you know, they have the same interest. Uh, they're completely different people, but they, they like a lot of the same things. And so we're normally doing things together. And so if I'm doing things with one of them, I'm doing things with both of them. And so uh, not long ago, I had an opportunity... Um, Sam wanted to make some money, and uh, uh, one of his buddies at school is making all, he's got all these odd jobs, and so it's inspired Sam to make money this summer. I think that's great. So um, he wanted to uh, make some money a while back, and so he was helping his mom. Uh, he wanted to go clean apartments, and so he was cleaning uh, cabinets and, and uh, cleaning a refrigerator that day, and, and uh, so he wanted to make some money. So that uh, meant that uh, Joe and I had an opportunity to do something together alone. And uh, so I was really looking forward to it. And uh, so Joe and I were going to go play golf at Purdue, just the two of us. And um, usually, um, if, if two of us are going to play, I'll, I'll pull a sneaky one and, I, and I'll register a tee time for four people. That way the course doesn't, um, you know, if someone goes alone, they like to fill up the course. And so if, you're, if you don't have four, then they might slide someone in there to play with you. So, but I forgot this time. I, f I forgot to register for four. And so as Joe and I were going up to the tea time, we were just excited. Had, you know, it was going to be three or four hours together, and I knew it was going to be a fun time together. And uh, we were excited to, to play golf, just he and I. And, and so we were walking up to the, the tee box and getting ready to tee off, and the ranger told us, hey, the, the course has added a third person uh, to your group. And, and, and to be honest with you, I was pretty disappointed because I was looking forward just, just the two of us, you know. And, and so now we were going to have a random third person uh, playing golf with us, spend the next three and a half, four hours, you know, on the course. And, and there's a lot of interaction out there together. And, and so I was disappointed about that. But uh, Don walked up and uh, Don introduced himself as a 70-year-old retiree. I don't know why I'm crying. What the heck? The anointing's here this morning. I can feel it. Amen. It's a good morning. Thank you, Lord. Don walked up, and he introduced himself as a 70-year-old uh, retiree. And uh, the moment he introduced himself, uh, there was a couple of things I was struck by. Uh, one was his uh, polite mannerisms. I don't know why I'm crying. I have no idea. And uh, I was immediately impressed that uh, this man was a total gentleman. Everybody say gentleman. He was a total gentleman. Uh, by the way he carried himself. And uh, over the next few holes, uh, another th thing that uh, struck me was uh, he had kindness in his eyes. You could, you could see it uh, when he looked at you. Um, uh, he had kindness, and uh, he radiated peace, 
and there was a joy about him, about this man. And uh, as the afternoon continued to progress, you're out there, you know, it was on camping. It's an absolutely beautiful course, one of the most beautiful places in the state of Indiana, if you've ever been out there. Just so pretty, so many pretty views, and, and we're together out there. And uh, Don did some other things that stood out to me over the, the next about three and a half hours. You know, every time you swing your club on a, knife, on a nice golf course on the fairway, you take a chunk, you take a divot. If you hit a good shot, you'll take a divot, and, uh, and you'll remove a large chunk of turf. And uh, it's important when you do that that you go pick up that piece of turf and you put it back on the course, okay? Or if you've completely shredded it, then you plant a little seed-sand mixture so that, it, so that the course is repaired for the people behind you for everyone who's going to play behind you. And uh, something that struck me, uh, a lot of people don't do that, though. And, and so then over the course of the summer, uh, a lot of courses get in a rough shape. And then, and then it's hard to play because then the ball will go down the divot and doesn't make it near as enjoyable. Uh, what Don did, every, every shot, they've got these little containers on the cart. He would take those containers with him, not only repair his divot, but repair multiple divots in the area of his shot. Not a big deal, but kind of a big deal. Yeah. Little things. Yeah. And then on the, on the green, you know, if it's a wet day like it has been, your ball's going to make a, a divot or a, a ball mark on the green. It could completely uh, destroy a green over time. And so Don would not only fix his ball mark, but then he would look around and he'd repair three or four others also. Not a big deal, but for a 70-year-old, okay, if you've been over nine times, uh, per hole over the course of 18 holes, that's 162 times bending over extra. <laughs> Try that over the next three and a half hours. Bending over 162 times. After, uh, and, 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 and what's interesting about that is it's making things better for the people who are coming behind you because you've already played your shot. Has no impact, doesn't better his life in any way, but it makes life better for the people coming behind him. And so after observing uh, his kindness, his manners, his simple selfless behavior, about just about 30 minutes into it, I had this thought, this man knows the Lord. The kindness in his eyes. I knew that this man knew Jesus. Amen. What do others see in us? Uh, how do we carry ourselves? After people have been around us for a few minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, what do they take away from the experience? How do we carry ourselves? Amen? What impression do we leave on people? What trail are we leaving behind us? Are things better because we've been there? Amen? A lot of Christians that you and I know, they're intent on describing problems. They're intent on describing what's wrong with the culture, focused on what's wrong with society, what's wrong with the company that they walk, work for, what's wrong with the school system they're involved in, what's wrong with those who are in authority, what's, what's wrong with everything. We're supposed to be different, amen? We're supposed to be a different kind of breed, a different kind of people. <clears throat> it takes more than passion to live this life, amen? Um, a lot of people are passionate about a lot of different things. Islamist extremists are passionate about their cause. 
But if you don't agree with them, they resort to violence and hatred. We're different, amen? We're passionate, but we're different. We're passionate with love. Everybody say love. love. A little while later, Don uh, told us, uh, he came over and, and Joe and I were waiting on this group ahead of us to, to play, so we had a little bit of time. And he came over and just out of the blue, he said his life was changed when he gave his heart to Jesus, when he made Jesus the Lord of his life. Amen? <clears throat> and uh, later that evening, I was thinking about some character traits that, uh, that stood out about this man. And number one, he's very humble. He complimented others, and he wasn't continually focused on himself. Number two, he's very kind. He had a smile on his face and kindness in his eyes. And number three, maybe the thing that stood out the most, he was a gentleman, and he had great manners. You know, one of the things that I believe that has made America uh, the greatest country on the face of the earth, not perfect, but still the greatest country, is our culture of manners, our cultures of deferring to others, our culture of putting others first. Amen? It's one of the things that has made this country such a special place. And oftentimes we probably take it for granted, but it makes us unique. At the uh, end of the afternoon, uh, Don took a minute, had tears in his eyes, and uh, he paused and he told us that his wife of, um, I think he said over 50 years, do you remember? Well, he was 70, that would make about, I think that would make sense, they met when they were young. His, his wife of around 50 years had just passed away in November. And that, uh, that there were some days that he was really struggling with loneliness when he'd wake up in the morning. And uh, he, he was finding it, it hard to get going in the morning because uh, wake, waking up in the morning and then realizing that she wasn't there after being together for so long. And uh, Don had some wisdom for Joe and I. And uh, he, said in, he said a couple, gave us a couple nuggets. He said, in marriage, you're, you're, you're going to have some things that bother you about the other person. Sean, this is good. I'm just kidding. Sean's got to work today. <clears throat> he said in marriage, you're, you're going to have some things that bother you about the other person, especially after you've been together and you know, you know more about that person than anybody knows and you know all their problems and there's going to be some things that bother you, some idiosyncrasies and little things. He said that the key to a happy home is to appreciate those differences, appreciate those idiosyncrasies, look past those things, focus on the positives, and really treasure each other. Amen? And uh, Don told me that uh, playing golf with me and Joe was a huge blessing to him that day, and he really enjoyed it. Amen? It's the little things in life that really matter. It's the littlest thing that matters the most. It's all about love. Amen? <clears throat> what if we uh, viewed every, everything in life as an opportunity rather than what we can get, what we can give? How can we be a blessing to other people? What can we do today to be a blessing to other people? Not what can I get out of this, but what can I give into this? Amen? In every situation. What can I do to encourage others? What can I do to show genuine care and concern for other people every interaction and the people that come behind me what type of trail am i leaving 
The book of John, chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said this. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Amen? Yes. Not if we have all the answers. Not if we want to prove that we're right. Not if we're sarcastic and rude. And If we have love one for another. Amen? First John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen? The Apostle Paul put it this way, this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I have... Uh, oh, you better watch out. Where'd he go? Where's our drummer? Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, if I don't have love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Don't you want to hear what I know this morning? Y'all need to get born again now! Sorry, that's completely obnoxious. <laughs> Even if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, if I don't have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I was going to do that longer, but your face has prevented me <laughs> from doing that. <laughs> Even if I have the gift of prophecy and if I understand all mysteries... And if I have all knowledge, if I don't, and, and if I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Even if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, even if I give my body to be burned, if I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Amen? Daily sacrifices to put the flesh under, put the flesh under, and to walk out this Christian walk, it's a sacrifice. But if we don't do it in love, it profits us nothing. Amen? The boys had a basketball game. Uh, they had two games yesterday, and so they've got these tournaments in Indy. And uh, so 100 kids tried out in this AAU system, and then they divide the kids among all the different teams. Well, made the, they made, since fourth grade, they've made the top team. And so they, they take... The top team, meaning they supposedly they'll take the best kids and put them on this team. So it's an extremely competitive environment, right? And so when you're a part of a competitive environment, you want to stay plugged in and stay involved and go to all the games and go to the practices so the coach likes you, right? And you get more playing time. And then you, you make, a, you make a, a place for yourself on the team. And, and hopefully you've got somewhat of a permanent place if you're faithful to the team. Well, unfortunately... Instead of going to church, there's thousands of families all across the state of Indiana today worshiping at the altar of youth basketball. There are thousands of them. And so we had two games yesterday, and then, and then so then today the championship bracket starts at 9 a.m. And so that gym is absolutely packed. Thousand kids in, in Fishers. And I'm not being critical of any of them at all. 
But, so I asked the kids, I said, what do you want to do? You want your brother to take you down there or you want to go to church? Let's go to church. So, so the sacrifice that they make to be with the family and to be together, and it's, it's an important culture in our families. Amen? This is what we do. We go to church. Do we always feel like it? Heck no. We don't always feel like it. But this consistent pattern of culture in our families produces positive long-term results. Amen? And so they made a sacrifice, and so their team played at nine, and they were going to play a team they were going to beat. They could have been involved. They knew they would have played a lot, had an opportunity to score, and it would have been a lot of fun. But they made a sacrifice to come here. But if they don't do it in love, it profits them nothing. Amen? If we're going to have bitterness in our heart and feel like we're, you know, or pride, even worse. <laughs> I'm a good dad. I chose church. It profits me nothing. Amen? Everybody say, do it in love. The word of the Lord this morning is, love never fails. Everybody say, love never fails. Got an awesome video for you about uh, the love of a father and a son. Dad just returned home after uh, on duty for an extended period. Keep your gloves up, Chef. Keep your hands up. <laughs> Come on, Chef. Come on. So there we go. Daddy? Such a big boy when I was going. I'm so proud of you. Wow. You still don't keep your guard up when you punch? I love you. I'm so proud of you. You were such a big boy when I was gone. You were such a big boy. Thank you. I love you. You want to play hooky tomorrow? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now I made y'all cry. <laughs> We see the amazing love of a father uh, in the book of Luke chapter 15, and I think it's awesome because Jesus was showing us a picture of our heavenly father's love for us in the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it said, uh, then, uh, then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, father, give me the portion of your goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger son gathered everything together. He journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. 
Another version said uh, crazy living. But when he had spent everything, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And the young man would have gladly filled his stomach with the, the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, I'll go to my father, I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, even though he had taken everything um, half of his father's wealth, he'd gone and he wasted it. His father was out and he was still looking for him. Even when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion. He ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Everybody say, but the father. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring out the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost, now he's found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came near and he drew, as he came and he drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because your father received him safe and sound, he has killed the fatted calf. But the other brother was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and he pleaded with him. So he answered and he said to his father, all these years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, but you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devout, and he's reminding his father of the other one's shortcomings, accusing his brother, trying to steal the joy out of the situation. As soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. He was basically saying, this isn't fair. <laughs> love never says this isn't fair love says what can i do for you what can i do to be a blessing to you what can i do to make your life better it never says this isn't fair it never says what about me it never says i've been mistreated it never says compare me to him and make my life better so it's like his amen Love always says, what can I do to be a blessing? As soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said to him, son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was right. Everybody say it was right. It wasn't fair, but it was right. It was right. Amen. That's why love never fails. It's always right. Not always fair, but it's always right. Amen. Because people, 
putting their own selfish desires aside and looking to be a blessing to others. It's always right. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Amen? How we treat others when they're good and how we treat others when they disappoint us, it's going to reveal God's love in our heart. Amen? I got to blow my nose after that video. I'm sorry. Any white things on my... No? Okay, good. First John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen? Our love for people is what will allow others to see God in us. Because of Don's kindness in his eyes, his manners, his politeness, we could see God in him. Amen? He didn't even have to say a word about it, but you could see it in him because of the way that he carried himself. Jesus was the manifestation of God's perfect love in the earth. Amen? 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed or lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Jesus is the truth, and here is the truth that he revealed, that a full life, a rich life, the fullest life, the richest life is found in loving others. Amen? Ephesians 3.19 says to know the love of Christ that you might be filled with all the fullness. Everybody say all the fullness. All the fullness, all the fullness of God. Romans 12.9 in the New Living Testament. Romans 12.9 says don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. Work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Kelly mentioned this uh, story on Wednesday night. I had a friend in college named JR, and um, when he graduated from college, um, became a realtor on the West Coast, was very successful, and he felt like God was calling him to move to China to, uh, to start uh, an orphanage or, or a leadership development academy as God put on his heart to call it. And so uh, I said, what are you going to do when you get there? And he said, I have no idea. But he was that kind of guy. Just all, everything was an adventure. And so he bought a one-way ticket to Beijing, flew there, enrolled at the University of Beijing. He met, uh, met his amazing wife, and together they started, um, forget the name of it. They started an awesome ministry, but instead of calling it an orphanage, they called it a leadership development academy, and that allowed them to kind of to fly under the radar with the, the Chinese government. And over a period of 10 years, they had over 1,000 young people without parents come through their ministry, and uh, it was absolutely awesome. And um, so uh, a while back, he had called me, and he left me a voicemail to give him a call. And uh, I forgot to call him back. 
and uh, just forgot about it. And, and so about a, a few days later, uh, my phone rang, and I looked down, and I saw that it was him. And so I answered the phone, and I said, JR, I am so sorry. I owe you a phone call. And he immediately responded, Dan, you will never owe me anything. That's love. That releases people. Instead of holding this performance covenant over people, that if they do things right or, or respond right or, or do what they're supposed to do, then they'll be okay in our eyes. Then they won't owe us anything. Amen? We're called to be different. And that's what love does for us. It releases people. We're able to release people. We don't hold things over people and force them to do certain things in order to receive our love. That's the love of God. And that's the love that changes the world. Amen? That's the love the world is desperate to see. Yes. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> First John 4.19 says, We have known, 1 John 4.19, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And uh, I'll conclude with this. In, um, in 1991, I was uh, relatively new to the things of the Spirit of God, and I was living in the Bluffs apartment on uh, those apartments on South 4th Street. And uh, I was single. I had not met Kelly yet, and, uh, but I would started coming to Victory Christian Center. And I was in my uh, apartment one night, and I had some worship music going, and I was walking around, and I had my hands lifted up, and I was worshiping. And I was saying, Father, I worship you, and I praise you, and I worship you, Father, I praise you. I love you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I love you. I praise you, Father. Lord, I love you. And I was saying those words, and I had this thought, what does it mean to love the Lord? How do I show the Lord that I love him? And so I asked the Lord that question that night as I was worshiping. I was like, Lord, how do I show you that I love you. <clears throat> and so for one of the first times in my life of hearing the voice of God, not an audible voice, but a, in my spirit, you know, Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Amen. And so one of the first times I'd ever heard the voice of God, this was it. And so I opened up my Bible and it opened up to John 13, 35. And these scriptures were not highlighted, but it was like they were highlighted. They were jumping off the page. And I, my eyes went directly to this scripture. I said, Lord, how do I show you that I love you? In John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And then the next scripture that jumped off the page was John 15, 12. It says, this is my commandment. Isn't that amazing? We go right to those scriptures. Because <laughs> I didn't know they were in there at the time. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then the third one, a few scriptures down, John 15, 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. Jesus came and he turned everything upside down. 
He took this religious, structured system, the Old Testament Jewish law, and he came and he made it so simple. He said, love God and love people. Amen? And then the Apostle Paul, later on, I found Galatians 5.13. He said, you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law, the entire thing, that entire old covenant law and the prophets, all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Think about loving yourself and what that means. It means choosing what kind of food you want, choosing where you want to sit, choosing what you like. Love others like you love yourself. Amen? Glory be to God. You know, the strongest men are gentlemen. And uh, the strongest men are those who are able to exercise discretion and restraint in every situation, and allow God's love to flow through them. Amen? Gentlemen and gentlewomen. Amen? Let's all stand this morning. Everybody say, love God, love Love people. people. I'm so glad glad. he made it so simple. simple. (laughs) Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. The apostle Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice and let your gentleness be known to all men because the Lord is at hand. I used to think that weak people were gentle. But I think the longer you grow in the Lord, the more you begin to see that the strongest men, the strongest men are the most gentle, able to exercise the most amount of discretion. Amen? In every situation. Thank you, Lord. Let's all bow our heads across the room this morning. If you're here this morning, um, maybe you're here today and you say, Uh, your life is not right. Maybe you once walked with the Lord. Maybe you've walked away from Him and you recognize you're on the wrong path in life. Well, today is your day to get back on the right path in life. The good things of God that He has for you. I want to pray for you this morning. All across the room, if you're here, you say, would you pray for me? My life is not right. I'm on the wrong path. I need to get back on the right path that God has for my life. All across the room this morning. Anyone here? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all pray this prayer together. Amen. This morning, everyone say, Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. Thank you so much that your mercy, it's new every morning. And my best days, they are ahead because Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you for your love. I receive it this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. Let's go out with a powerful confession this morning. Amen. Y'all receive that word this morning? Amen. 
Here we go. Love never fails. Okay, let's give the Lord a hand. Love never fails. And perfect love casts out fear. I walk in love. I abide in love. I'm full of love. I'm full of joy. I'm free. Free to care about others. Free to serve others. I love Jesus. He set me free. And I have the victory. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see y'all Wednesday night. Amen.